Catching up with Pastor Dave Parr. He's been in ministry for over 30 years in Australia, in the USA, and he's done lots of missions work around the world. It's great to have him joining us today. How are you, Dave? I'm fantastic, Matt. Thanks. Now, Dave, should we say hello or hola? Because uh, you've got a bit of a Spanish background, I hear. Es cierto. It's <laughs> uh, very certain. We've, uh, we've had a bit of opportunities to, to learn Span- Spanish in a number of countries. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing a bit of your story today. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you were born and raised and what was life like for you as a young fella. I was um, born in Canoga Park, California, um, and my parents uh, were n- new Christians, um, and they dedicated me to the Lord when I was eight days old, so uh, that's exciting. Uh, and from that point, there was a prophetic word that I would be uh, used by the Lord. So I was always raised with that understanding that God had a had a, a use for me. And, and um, I think that's important to, to pass on to your kids that they're treasures and that, that God has a purpose for their lives. And, well, it, it was always communicated to me that, that, that God wanted to use me for, for, his, for his glory. And... Um, and I was raised with that anticipation. And tell us a bit and, about uh, your uh, your personal faith journey. Was there a conversion experience, or were you always just following the Lord? Or? No, there was a definite conversion experience. At uh, the age of seven, 1962, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, my mother was talking to me about the, how God so loved the whole world, but uh, then she narrowed it down and said, God loves you. And uh, that just was uh, so awe-inspiring for me to think that the God of the universe uh, not only loved everybody, but he specifically reached out to me. So at the age of uh, seven, I gave my life to the Lord. At the age of 13, I I got uh, baptized in water. I was uh, a couple years prior to that uh, when I was nine years old, I went to a missions conference and uh, felt a call of God to become a missionary at nine years old. So uh, wow. a lot of preparation, and uh, but uh, that was something that was always burning in my heart. And uh, so my parents, my parents uh, sent me to Christian school up until the um, up until junior high in the states, which was year nine, and then uh, I went off to public school. When I finished uh, public school, I went uh, into our uh, Bible college in Los Angeles, Life Bible College. Fantastic. So so when you went into Bible college, did you go with the intention of, I'm going to become a missionary out on the field somewhere, or were you drawn to sort of more pastoral care? Because it sounds like you've done a bit of both. Well, I've always had a heart toward missions, and uh, the Four Square Church is a very strong missions organization, the very cornerstone of the church says uh, for international world missions 
And um, so that um, my dad was thinking uh, he was uh, an engineer by trade. And um, he, uh, when I graduated from high school, he said, oh, I think you should go to Pepperdine. I said, no, dad, you know, from childhood that I've, I will dedicated myself to wanting to do the, the things for the Lord. So um, I went off to Life Bible College, worked part-time as I put myself through college and with their support as well, and uh, went four years of Bible college. And then I understand that you had a passion to learn Spanish at that time. Tell us uh, how come you went down that path. Well, um, those who are familiar with the States will know that uh, – there's quite an integration of uh, a lot of Spanish people, especially in, in the area where I was going to Bible colleges in Los Angeles. And um, so I studied Spanish in high school, went three years in, in high school, but uh, it wasn't until actually I went overseas that uh, I learned the, the language on a more intense basis. I went after I graduated from college, I went and spent a year and a half as a missionary assist uh, with missionaries in Costa Rica and Spain. It really is a beautiful thing when you can take that time to immerse yourself in another language and the culture and uh, learn how to relate and and respect uh, Spanish people. What were some of the the powerful or highlighted stories that came out of your time in that particular service? I, I was with uh, missionaries that were from Nicaragua, and, and then in Costa Rica we went to uh, language school together. So it uh, even though I had had three years of Spanish in the States in um, learn, learning uh, vocabulary and all that, I really hadn't learned to be able to communicate on a daily conversation and, and express myself. So it was, it was quite an immersion into... Uh, learning uh, to share. And, and the, when I was in the church there, they put me as a music director. So that was <laughs> an, an interesting thing to, to uh, begin to learn to speak and also sing in Spanish. And uh, we did quite a few outreaches. And then after eight and a half months, I came home for two months in the States. And the original missionaries I was to serve with asked me to come back because they had been uh, transferred to Spain. So uh, they invited me on a second tour to spend a few months in Spain, and I went over for five months and not only saw uh, Latin American Spanish, but also first world Spanish in Spain. Now, I understand you were ministering at Angelus Temple in the States, which uh, some of our listeners may have heard of the church, the Dream Center with Pastor Matthew Barnett. Uh, that's yeah. the, the same location. And it was originally where Amy Semple McPherson uh, was ministering, who was the founder of the Foursquare Movement. How did you get connected to that church? Well, that's through whom uh, I went to Bible college. And also um, when I graduated, they sent me out uh, as uh, an assistant to their missionaries. And when I came back, um, I just felt I couldn't fit back into an English church. And um, so I, I put applications into a number of churches, but uh, um, I ended up in the Spanish church at Angelus Temple. And that was like and, a thousand uh, people in that, in that congregation? 
Oh, yes. Well, it was about 700 the first time that I attended. And um, I was in the congregation working with the, the um, Spanish pastor there for a number of years. I started out um, doing ministry and as uh, in their choir and and with their Sunday school and then moved into a role of uh, associate pastor. So was this uh, at this point in time, had you already met your wife or when did she come into the picture? I was ministering in Angela's Temple and and her um, her auntie, uh, which was a, well actually second cousin, uh, was best friends with my mother. And uh, Luell came overseas on a year visa. Uh, actually, here because her mother's American, she she came to visit her grandmother in Olympia, Washington. And um, we uh, were introduced at Angela's Temple in their uh, fellowship center. I had preached that night in the Spanish church, and her dad had ministered in the English church, uh, which was in the, you know, they were side by side. So that was quite interesting to uh, get to meet her. Then the Lord worked the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've heard the story from her point of view, Dave, where she she met you and uh, found out that you're a pastor, and said, no, 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 I'm not marrying a pastor, God. <laughs> and uh, because she, of course, her parents uh, had been the pastors. Uh, Don and Minta Baker have been the pastors at Calvary Chapel in Sydney, um, a very well-known Pentecostal church. Uh, what part of Sydney is that based in? That was uh, Greenacre at the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were around the time of, you know, Frank Houston and, uh, you know, Phil Pringle and a lot of the early Pentecostal churches in Sydney. Uh, they were well known in those circles, uh, of course, retired now. Uh, and so what was it like marrying an Aussie? Was it a good idea? Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the eight and a half months of waiting for her was r- really good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it works some uh, patience in me, but I think in her as well. But uh, we were like um, really young romantics because um, we'd only spent like three and a half months of getting to know each other before she went back to Australia. And then uh, it was eight and a half months before I came back over to Australia to, to marry her. Wow, that's a bit of a, a break there, and like you said, uh, makes you be a little bit patient. So, did she force you to eat Vegemite on toast? <laughs> yeah, well, got the experience. She was a real uh, surfy type of girl. She loved loved her little um, combi and getting around uh, to the surf spots, and uh, so that was a bit of a transition for me to uh, come to Oz and, and encounter. Uh, that whole um, lifestyle and and also the church there at, at uh, Greenacre was was quite amazing what God was doing in, at the church at that time too. You've been working uh, in that church for a number of years, and I know you've you've planted uh, or you've pastored your own churches as well. Was it in Liverpool? Your other church you're a part of? Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. We were nine years in Liverpool. Nine years in Liverpool. Tell us about that experience. What was it like in that part of the country? Well. Um, it's quite interesting. Liverpool has become quite a multicultural uh, uh, city, and um, I mean, we we had lived in quite a few different um, suburbs in in New South Wales, in and around uh, Bankstown and Greenacre area. But then uh, we we just had a a real sense in our hearts that God was was calling us um, 
to go work in Liverpool. And at the time, we had been doing a Spanish church uh, in my father-in-law's church in uh, in Bankstown. And uh, then the Lord just opened the door for us. And uh, yeah, we um, saw the church grow there from when we started about, there was about uh, 16 people in the church. And um, we grew the church to a little over 200 and, and started an outreach church in another suburb as well. So uh, that was exciting times for us. And I understand you guys have done many mission trips overseas. I know you've been to Papua New Guinea. Uh, what are some of the other areas that you've focused on in your missions over the years? Um, well, we've had opportunity to, to visit um, ECFC, which is... Uh, Eastern Council of Foursquare Churches, and they, they usually have conferences in a number of places. So I was able to visit Taiwan and, and um, Okinawa, and uh, we um, actually had an opportunity to go to Sri Lanka as well in, and minister in our churches there. So um, it's quite a... Uh, an exciting, exciting thing, not just to um, minister here in Australia, but to also start to see the 1040 window and, and um, see the different heartbeats of, of emissions around the world. And I know recently you've been passionate about working among the poor and the homeless and uh, those with addictions and helping out at the soup kitchen and things recently. Tell us about how important it is, do you think, for believers to be activated in caring for the poor? I think that uh, that's the heartbeat of Jesus to um, to reach everyone. Um, some people don't realize that they are actually poor in spirit, and um, the the avenue of of um, reaching out to not only feed the hungry um, but also to minister the life of Jesus to hearts that uh, come to a recognition that they need a savior. It has uh, always been our heartbeat. We um, we love the lost. We love people that uh, are, are yet to come and 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 see the the wondrous thing that God not only uh, just reaches some, but His message is to whoever will come, and and that's amazing. Um, so I try to always let people know that you know that that. Um, that the gospel message isn't just for a select few, it's for whosoever will. And, and the choice is the individuals to say, that's me. Mm. That I want to become part of that, uh, uh, the, a recipient of the love of God. Well, it's been wonderful to hear a bit of your story of what uh, God has been doing in your life over these years. And you married an Aussie girl. You're now based in Brisbane, Australia. I know you've got a heart to uh, uh, do missions in the future. Also just wanted to uh, just ask before we go, could you just, you know, in case there's anyone listening right now uh, that uh, isn't uh, a, a Christian, doesn't know the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, would you just share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Well, the gospel is, is as it is expressed, it's, it's good news. And good news is to say that whatever you're going through, whatever point in life you are at, God wants to encounter you and extend his love into your heart. Uh, at the moment, we're kin parents. We have a little child that, that we're caring for. And 
just as we have had a desire to reach out to this little child, uh, God has a desire to reach out to every person that will open their hearts and say, I'm, I'm a recipient. I, I need the love of God. I need to know uh, what my destiny is. And, and God has a good future and a good hope for every person that will uh, receive his son as Savior and Lord. And that would be my encouragement to accept Jesus and, and the life that he has and his sacrifice on your behalf. That's such good news. And uh, you were just sharing about the little girl you're minding. Uh, I should just tell everyone the story. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, a young guy who's living in a homeless shelter, uh, you know, his partner gave birth. And um, due to a number of reasons and circumstances, she wasn't able to care for that child. And he asked for some help. And you and your wife agreed to really just take on this gorgeous little girl, Claire, and she's got an oxygen tank and she's got tubes everywhere and she's been, you know, quite unwell. Uh, but you've really, you know, I think you've taken pastoral care to the next level looking after this little girl. Uh, really just wanted to say well done for, for what you're doing, blessing this precious little life. Well, she's blessed us, and, and uh, whenever you open your heart and your arms to someone, then your heart gets stretched, and she's been a great blessing to us. And also her dad, it's been wonderful to see that he has uh, um, been baptized and, and is opening his heart to, to know God's will and plan for their future together. It's an amazing testimony. Well, we do have to go. And uh, do we say uh, hasta la vista, baby? Is that how we say goodbye? Yeah, hasta la vista. <laughs> hasta, la vista. <laughs> hasta la vista. You need more of the accent. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Dave Parr. We reckon you're a history maker. God bless. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.